The wisdom of God in Scripture can't be obtained through human intellect, even by Christians. It requires being open to the Holy Spirit and His guidance. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah takes a closer look at this dynamic and how it can create a deeper, more authentic understanding of the Bible. To introduce the conclusion of his message, gaining insight into God's Word, here's David. Today we're going to discover that wisdom is a gift from God. It is an ability to do the right thing without a precedent because God is the one who's instructing you. And when you study the Word of God, you build your wisdom quotient. You build the ability to do the right thing in the right situation. That's why we're so excited about this message. Gaining insight into the Word of God will help you know how to read the Bible in such a way that it can direct your life. And it will do that every day as you open the Scripture and allow the Scripture to touch everything that you do. How do we get insight into the Word of God? We come to the Word of God with our hearts open, our hands open, and we say, Lord God, speak to me. Whatever you tell me to do in your Word today, that I will do. And when we cultivate that practice in our lives, wonderful things happen. We're talking about that here on Turning Point. We'll get back to it in just a moment. First, let me tell you that uh, during the month of June, we're making available the study guide for this series called The Word. Uh, signature messages on the Bible. What makes Turning Point? Turning Point is our commitment to the Word of God. We have no other major commitment. It's to God's truth, and we teach it, and we write about it, and we send it out in emails, and we produce it every way we can because we believe the Word of God is ours with a promise that it never returns to God void. It comes to accomplish his purpose in our lives. If you'd like to have the study guide, you can go to our website, which is davidjeremiah.org. There you will find information about the study guide and the series of CDs. And our resource for the month is Living the 66 Books of the Bible, a 287-page hardcover gift book that takes you into every one of the 66 Bible books and tells you what you are supposed to take away from that book into your own life. Practical application for each book of the Bible. I've never seen anything like this before. I'm not aware of anything quite like this. You will be encouraged and challenged as you see how the Word of God is a... It's marching orders to us every day. And uh, I pray that God will use this gift book to bless your heart. So when you send your gift, ask for your copy of this book. It will come to you right away as our way of saying thank you for your investment. So here we go with part two of Gaining Insight into God's Word. You know, I remember taking evangelism courses in college and in seminary and learning all of the arguments that you're supposed to use when you meet this kind of fellow and that kind of fellow, and you you say this to that, you know what, I've never met that person yet. (laughs) I never have. I keep waiting for that person to come up, and every time I meet a person who's got all these questions, I try to just kind of put the questions aside and tell him about Jesus, and usually that's the most effective thing I can do. Because you see, the power is not in my ability to argue or my knowledge of all of the arguments, or, you know, he throws a right and I come back with a left and we spar for two or three hours, and finally, if I'm really equipped well, we win. The gospel, you see, is the supernatural dynamo that comes when the Spirit of God empowers a person with the message of Jesus Christ, plus or minus nothing. And the wisdom of God is hidden. 
unless the Spirit of God does something about it. You know, the Bible says in Romans 11:33, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. What's the rest of it? How unsearchable are his judgments. He's unapproachable. No human intellect can ever approach the mind of God in his own wisdom and in strength. Job 11:7 carries the words of Job as he cries out, can a man by searching find out God? And the answer to that is an emphatic no. It is not that we find God, but that he finds us. And unless God breaks through the process to open up our minds and our hearts so that Jesus Christ can become real to us, we can reason until we're blue in the face. And the princes of this world and the wisdom of this world cannot approach unto God. That's why the unsaved person, according to verse 14 of the second chapter, cannot understand the things of God. Notice, we'll get to this, but jump ahead a moment. And notice that it says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's why a pagan can't understand the Bible, can't understand the truth of the Bible. And young people, that's why if you go to a secular university and you sit in some course where some pagan is trying to teach you the Bible is literature, you're wasting your money, your time, and probably doing yourself a great deal of damage because there's no pagan under the sun, no matter what his degrees may be, who can unfold the meaning of this book apart from the Spirit of God. It is only as we have the truth that God gives us by his Holy Spirit that that is possible. I want you to notice the third thing. Not only is God's wisdom a mystery, and not only is it hidden, but notice thirdly that God's wisdom is not understood, and the proof of it is the cross. It says in verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you want to know one of the most blatant illustrations of the foolishness and ignorance of man? Here it is. They took the one about whom the scripture says that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and that he is the wisdom that we seek. And they took the wisdom of God and they nailed him on a tree and killed him. If ever there was a testimony to the foolishness and ignorance of man, that's it. They took God's wisdom in the person of Jesus Christ, put him on a cross and nailed his hands and his feet there and killed him. And that's what Paul is talking about when he says in verse 8 that none of the princes of this world knew the wisdom of God because if they'd known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory who is God's wisdom. What a graphic illustration of the foolishness of men without God. Well, that's why the Lord Jesus prayed when he was on the cross, Father, forgive them. What's the rest of it? They know not what they do. That's why Peter, when he was preaching, recorded in the book of Acts, was preaching in the third chapter in verse 17, and he said to the Jews, I know that through ignorance you did it. You didn't know what you were doing. You nailed the Christ, the wisdom, to the cross. You didn't know what you were doing. You see, what the princes of the world cannot know that is reserved for the perfect can only be given to us through one process and that's what we call the process of revelation and how beautifully it is given to us in the tenth verse which gives us the contrast the princes of the world can know it it's foolishness unto them it's beyond their reach but verse ten but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit that's it Paul writes in verse ten that the things of God are revealed by his spirit for he says, the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, even the deep things of God. 
Now, stay with me for just a moment, and let me explain what Paul's talking about. He's using here a word. He says the word search is the right word for what God does for us in Revelation. He says this word search describes how God brings his revelation to us. Now, the word itself is an interesting word because it is sometimes used with reference to God the Father. For instance, in Romans 8, 27, we read this. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. That's the same word. It's used in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 23. I am he which searcheth the reins and the hearts, speaking of God. In the New Testament, the word search is a word which is used like we would describe a customs official who is going through someone's bags looking for hidden articles. And the word tells us that the Holy Spirit who has been given to us who are Christians, explores the deep treasures of God like he was searching for lost articles. And then he takes those deep treasures of God and he reveals those truths which God has in store for those who love him. And the process of spiritual illumination is something that we receive, not something we achieve. Verse 10 tells us that the way we get spiritual truth is not through our intellectual pursuits or how much we study the Bible, though that's critical, but the ultimate effect is wrought in our lives when the Spirit of God opens our hearts to receive the truth concerning the Father. That's why when you preach, it's such a dynamic thing. Have you ever thought of that? Or when you teach a Sunday school class, whether they're kids or young people or adults, did you ever stop to think that when you stand up to preach or teach, this is what's going on? The Holy Spirit has inspired this book that you hold in your hand and the Holy Spirit who inspired this book lives in your heart and has promised if you're in the right spirit with God to illumine your mind so that you can comprehend the truth that is here. And that same Holy Spirit has promised to give you an unction to communicate that truth to the people who are out there and then guess what? That very same Holy Spirit lives within the heart of every single one of your Christian students so that when you teach, the Holy Spirit is all over the place. He's in your heart, he's in the word, he's in the heart of the people to whom you speak. And if your heart is right, and the people who come to hear the word of God have an openness toward the Lord, then the dynamic of spiritual communication takes place, and there is not anything like it in all the world. I have never seen anything like it in the classroom, in the political processes. That's why a person can walk into a church with a hard heart toward God and be determined when he walks in that door that the last thing he will ever do is come forward in a church service and give his heart to Jesus Christ. And a preacher who is empowered by the Spirit of God can stand and unfold the truth. The Spirit-inspired preacher takes the Spirit-inspired word. And in that process, the stony heart of that unbeliever is broken down and he is brought to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's all wrapped up in the process of the Spirit-controlled revelation. Inspiration secures the revelation. It is understood by illumination. Now... In verses 11 and 12, we understand how the process works. It says, For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, I want you to think with me for just a moment about this. In our world today, there are basically three levels of existence. There is the physical level, there is the human level, and there is the spiritual level. 
The physical level could be illustrated by animal life. It is quite impossible for animal life to understand human life. For animal life doesn't have the spirit of a human. Who can understand the spirit of a man except the spirit of a man? And likewise, who can understand God except the Spirit of God? What Paul is saying is this. The problem with man trying to understand God is he doesn't have the equipment. You see? Man is on this level and God is on this level. And in order to understand God, you have to have some kind of special equipment to do it. Because humanity cannot comprehend divinity. It's absolutely impossible. But here's the good news. Read the rest of the verse. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Here it is. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Do you know what happened to you when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Let me tell you what happened. God gave you the equipment to know God. Isn't that something? When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, according to the book of Romans and other passages as well, the Holy Spirit came to live within your heart. What spirit? The Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's the Spirit of God. And the Scripture says that Holy Spirit lives within your heart. And now, whereas before you didn't have the equipment to understand deity and God, now God has equipped you as a believer with the Holy Spirit living within your heart so that now it is possible for you to understand the things that God has freely given to you. Wow! That's why when a person gets saved, an immediate transformation takes place. I remember hearing Bill Bright say in some of his early lectures that he used to give, now, before he was a Christian, he used to read the Bible, and it was a closed book to him. And he said, then one day he got saved, and he went back and picked up the Scriptures, and he found out that in the meantime, somebody had rewritten the book. <laughs> what was he saying? He was simply saying that now, all of a sudden, he had the equipment to understand God's Word, which he never could understand before. And there are hundreds of you who could give testimony to that very thing in your life. You read the Bible and tried to understand it. You did everything in your life to try to figure out what it was all about. You read it from cover to cover, and it was dead. Then you found Christ as your Savior. The Holy Spirit came to live within you, and all of a sudden this book became alive because now you have the equipment to understand God. You see, the question is, how can a man be elevated to God's level? And the only answer to that is the Spirit of God comes to live within his heart and becomes both the receiver and the transmitter between man and his Maker. Now we can understand the things of God. And notice it says here that this message that we learn, this message that we receive, is a message that is accurate and clear and that we don't have to be in doubt of. It says, which things also we speak not in the words of man's wisdom, but in the wisdom which the Holy Ghost teaches. Please note the emphasis on the word words. The wisdom that comes from God comes in words. This is a reference to the Holy Bible. And Paul is talking about the fact that we have in our hands the wisdom of God in words. Some folks I know say, well, I believe the Bible's inspired. I just don't believe the words are inspired. I believe the concepts and the thoughts are inspired. Now, wait a minute. How do you translate concepts and thoughts apart from words? 
You see, you cannot believe in the inspiration of the Bible without believing in the verbal inspiration of the Bible. If the Bible is inspired, then the words are inspired. In the original autographs, every single word that is in the Bible is inspired of God. It is secured to us. It is the words of God's wisdom to us. That's verbal inspiration. And then Paul goes on to say that these words are interpreted through a special process. He uses this phrase, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And there are a lot of different ideas as to what that means. Some folks believe it means that the Word of God must always be interpreted in the greater context of the Scripture, where we take spiritual truths here and compare them with spiritual truths here, and we get the understanding of the totality of God's Word, and we have a unique and foolproof method of understanding the Bible. Once in a while, folks will come to me and say, Pastor Jeremiah, why is it that there are so many different interpretations of the Bible? If the Bible is really God's Word, why wouldn't everybody believe the same thing about all the aspects of God's Word? Well, the problem isn't with the Bible. The problem is with the people who interpret the Bible. And this passage says that there is a spiritual process through which a man can go that will guarantee to him that he has the truth of God's Word by using the spiritual processes to interpret the Word of God, comparing spiritual things with spiritual this refers to the human interpretation of the words of divine inspiration. What is divinely inspired, unfortunately for us, must be humanly interpreted, and unless the Holy Spirit is involved in that process, we will make error. That's why cults, without the Holy Spirit living in them, take this word of God and just chop it all to pieces and make it say anything they want to. But a spirit-controlled student of the word of God will come to the truth. That means also not just taking the spiritual truths here and the spiritual truths here and harmonizing them as you develop the Word of God in its greater context, but it also means that if we're to understand the Word of God, we must use spiritual methods to do spiritual interpretation. You say, what are the spiritual methods? Well, they're so basic. First of all, and most obvious, the intellect alone will never unlock the spiritual secrets of spiritually inspired words. I know guys who have gone to school and studied the Greek and the Hebrew and the Latin and the German, and they can read all of the texts from cover to cover, and they know all of the ancillary things about the Bible, and they have a cold, dead spirit, and God isn't working in them. Because, you see, it's all intellectual. One of the real tragedies of our seminaries, one of the things we have to guard against even in our college, is that we get so wrapped up in the intellectualism of study that if we're not careful, we think the power of God is wrapped up in the textbook in the classroom, you can get all of that and still miss out on what God wants to do in your life and what he wants to teach you from his word. It's not just the intellect. First of all, obviously, we've already given testimony to that. It takes a life that is born again. That's why the 14th verse says that the natural man, the man without God, cannot understand spiritual things. You see, he doesn't have the equipment. But I believe there's more to it than that. I believe that it takes a mind that is filled with the Holy Spirit a mind and a heart that is controlled by God that has some time and some room to give to God so he can communicate his truth through his word to one's mind and heart. It takes prayer and fellowship with God. It takes a person being spiritually attuned to the spirituality in his own life so that God can speak to him the truth of this book. And the problem that we face in this generation and why this insight tool is so critical today is this. We have become so informational in our lives and so in undated with information and with 
stimuli from the world in which we live that our lives are controlled by the world, by that which we hear and see and think, and it's so difficult for the Spirit of God to find a window in our minds through which he can pour his truth because we are so filled up with the information of the world. Somehow, some way, all of us have to fight that battle so that we can get rid of the noise in the world, get rid of all of the information that buzzes around us continually, find some kind of quiet place in the middle of all of that so the Spirit of God can have something to work with in our lives. He has to fight his way through all the noise and all of the tanglements of our life to find just a few minutes so that the spiritual things he wants to teach us, he has a chance to teach us. It's not even a matter of being in a quiet room. Sometimes if we're not careful, we're so inundated with everything that we go in a quiet room and we might as well be in the noisiest place in the world because our minds are all cluttered up with a lot of non-essentials. Spiritual things only come through the revelation of the Spirit of God. I read about a man who had great insight into the Word of God. And he had never been able to go to school and study the things that you and I here in the college and some of us from seminary would be privileged to study. One day he was asked by someone how it was that he had great insight and originality in his study of the Word of God. And this is what he answered. He said, when I study the Bible, I lay out all the tools that I can. I use all the common sense that God has given me. And having done everything humanly possible with my own intelligence and study aids, I put my Bible on the floor in my den and I get down on my knees and I bury my face in the Bible and I say, O Holy Spirit, you who inspired men to write these words, illumine my dull mind to understand the things of God. And the Holy Spirit of God then shows me the things which have been freely given to me of the Father. When was the last time you did that? Oh, I don't mean so dramatically as to bury your face in the Bible on the floor in the den. But when was the last time you came to this book and you recognized that you were dealing here with divine revelation that cannot be obtained by the human intellect, even the redeemed human intellect, apart from the outpouring of the Spirit of God to give insight into truth? And you just, before you studied the Bible, just said, Lord, I know that I cannot understand what's here unless you open my mind by your Spirit to receive the spiritual things that are communicated in this book. And so, Lord, I just ask for the insight which you alone can give. Allow your spirit to have free course in my mind and in my heart to teach me the things which are freely given to me of God. That, in my estimation, is why God was able to use the D.L. Moody's and the Ira Sankey's and many men like that who were used mightily of God because, you see, they had a kind of openness toward God through which the Holy Spirit could channel the information which became so vital in their ministry. What is the secret of insight into the Word of God? It's recognizing that this is the Holy Bible, that in here lives the Holy Spirit. This is divine truth. And if we don't cooperate with the process, The book is still closed, even though we're Christians. Well, I'm trying to motivate you and encourage you and challenge you to take a new look at your relationship to God's Holy Word. And uh, I hope that during this month of teaching on the Word, you will get re-excited about the Word. 
We are talking about gaining insight into God's Word, and during this month, we're going to help you with a very beautiful and wonderful and practical resource. It's a hardback gift book called Living the 66 Books of the Bible, 287 pages, practical application for each book in both the Old and New Testament. It will encourage you and challenge you as you study the entirety of the Bible, and every book has its own purpose. This is a resource for you, and it's yours for a gift of any amount to Turning Point. When you ask for it, we'll send it to you right away. Once again, the book is called Living the 66 Books of the Bible, hardback, beautiful gift book for your investment in Turning Point during this month. We'll see you tomorrow. Today's message came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. We'd love to know how Turning Point is encouraging you, so please write us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, Living the 66 Books of the Bible, and learn to better understand and apply God's Word each day. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet, or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The Word, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Did you know that nearly 2 million Turning Point radio programs are broadcast each year? Your support enables Turning Point to continue delivering the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. And thanks to our giving challenge, any fiscal year-end gift you give until the end of June will be doubled up to $50,000. You can help Turning Point finish strong by donating today. Call 800-946-4300 or go to davidjeremiah.ca. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life. 8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content. An extensive cross-reference system and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. William Cooper was an influential Christian poet and hymn writer in the 18th century England. Concerning prayer, Cooper once wrote that Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. The key word in that verse could easily be overlooked, and that's the little word, saint. 
It is only the prayer of a true Christian that Satan fears because Satan knows to whom such prayers are directed, to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan knows the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead and fears the release of that power through the Christian who prays. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's power through prayer on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.